Welcome to Talking TRM, the Travel Risk Management Podcast. I'm Bex Debman and I'm an independent consultant specialising in ISO 31030. During my transition from corporate travel to travel risk, I've met some incredible individuals driving travel risk management forward with passion and expertise. On this podcast, I'm going to chat with them about their stories and hopefully inspire our listeners to start their own travel risk management journey. Hello and welcome to another episode of Talking TRM. My name is Bex Debman, also known as Travel Risk Bex, and this is the podcast dedicated to travel risk management. Today, I am joined by another, I think, good friend. That's how I'm going to introduce you, Matt. Um, we've met a few times, but we met um, way back when I was still working for a TMC, so I was working for Blue Cube, and we did a webinar together um, with David Chappelle, who's also been a guest on this show. Uh, so we're all in good company here. And we've, um, I guess I was always really interested in your product from a travel management company's perspective because it was um, closing a gap that we obviously all felt is a horrible word that we use in travel called leakage. Um, and, and you guys were kind of helping that. But it's an awful lot more than that. And I want you to talk about it. It's much better that, you, that it comes from you than me. But I'm delighted that you're here because this is a space that you've been operating in for many many years and a long long time before the standard came along and this is what I'm trying to sort of showcase with the podcast is that standard might be new but the idea of managing some of this stuff has been considered for a long time and there's been great technologies developed and actually you've probably already got a lot of this stuff at your fingertips it's just about putting it together in a slightly more uh a way that just works more operationally for your for your end users I think is the key your travelers uh so without further ado um matt Griffin, um thank you so much for joining us how are you doing well doing well how are you bex i'm good i'm good you've got a massive vault of vat of coffee in front of you because i appreciate <laughs> early morning yes i'm, I'm morning here in Dallas, so i've got to get ready <laughs> we're going to a crazy heat wave in the uk although this will come out later um but for matt it's obviously a lot earlier in the morning um but i'll let you talk about that so i'll go straight into the first question so our guests can find out who you are and what and about you so so Matt, who are you and what do you do? Yeah, uh, so I am uh, Matt Griffin. Uh, I'm the Chief Product Officer and Chief Information Officer at uh, Traxo. Uh, Traxo is a Dallas, Texas-based uh, uh, travel data aggregator. Uh, we really kind of realized uh, long ago uh, and kind of always been focusing on this issue that there is uh, too much friction in the flow of information specifically uh, booking information in the world of travel. Um, there's a lot of uh, emphasis in the world of selling travel uh, amongst agencies and suppliers um, and um, online uh, booking tools and OTAs around selling. And we see that uh, these days with the emphasis on NDC uh, and uh, kind of new ways to merchandise. Uh, but there hasn't been uh, so much of an emphasis on what happens after the traveler has purchased something. And yeah. traditionally, uh, that's kind of a uh, walled off uh, area that uh, especially those that are, are uh, need that information, uh, the company that they work for, the duty of care provider that they utilize, the expense platform uh, that they use, um, these uh, are become blind spots for these really important uh, people and services, uh, and that increased costs for the company, 
um, inhibits their ability to provide oversight on travel policy, uh, and finally heightens risk for travelers when they're out on the road. If the company finds out, or traditionally finds out about non-agency bookings, um, when the traveler submits their expense report, that's way too late. Uh, it's after the trip for me, maybe 30 or 60 days after the trip. <laughs> uh, and there's nothing that can be done from a safety standpoint, from, from a standpoint of preparing a traveler for this journey. Um, and then there's so many kind of, you spoke of to kind of, uh, kind of integrating and connecting the dots. There's so many opportunities that we are just at the beginning stages of realizing around once there is data that is captured about travel before a traveler, uh, not just before a traveler walks out the door to go to the airport, but immediately after the traveler clicks, clicks by, that opens up all kinds of opportunities uh, that we are uh, we're working on and, and actually um, evolving our capabilities on today to enhance the experience for travelers, uh, ensure that they are uh, looked, after, looked after while they're on the road uh, and prepared to take that journey. Um, and then um, uh, make uh, kind of life easier for the traveler around um, automating some of the tasks like filing an expense report. Um, that's kind of one side of the house. Uh, and then the other side is um, how is this data about travel helping the company accomplish their objectives? Um, those two things have kind of evolved. And in my conversations with travel managers, um, when we were really kind of getting into the space of corporate travel years ago, um, it kind of came down to my responsibilities are to make sure that the employees are spending the company's money wisely um, and to keep my employees safe when they're on the road. And those ideas have kind of evolved now in these days, kind of the word safe has, has evolved, not just beyond physical injury, uh, but also um, are they prepared mentally to kind of get on the road? Um, are there any other kind of, uh, wellness concerns that I need to be aware of? And then the mixing of pleasure and our kind of leisure and, and work trips. Now that flights are so expensive, people are looking for opportunities where they can tag on a couple of days of visiting a new country. Um, uh, so kind of safe has evolved a bit. And then also spending wisely has evolved to not just be about how much did it cost? but are you helping the company accomplish their objectives, not just in terms of dollars, but potentially also objectives in terms of sustainability initiatives or, you know, DEI initiatives, things like that, that, you know, the, the, the company has, is trying to accomplish something important. And it's not just about dollars and cents. It's about, um, building a, and maintaining a good place for, for a team to work. Um, yeah, so that's kind of who we are at, at Traxo. We, uh, we serve a variety of customers. Um, uh, some customers use our services, um, uh, like uh, duty of care providers. They use our services to bring data that they traditionally do not see because it's non-agency data. They use our services to bring uh, travel data into their uh, their own platforms, so they can look out for travelers on the road or help them out if they get in a sticky situation. Uh, I mentioned expense platforms as well. These are just services that rely on. The more data that they have, the better service that they can provide. Um, the an, another service that we're providing is, is um, increasingly is to travel sellers who um, are looking for easier ways to make connections with those service providers. Uh, 
Uh, it, it could be a TMC that wants to connect with a whole portfolio of duty of care services or a whole portfolio of ex expense platforms. We're finding increasingly that TMCs and even airlines and likely hotels, they don't want to own these kind of technology investments. And they, you know, they want to sell tickets. They want to help people, you know, get on the road. And so they found that working with us at Traxo um, is a shortcut to reduce their investment uh, and have access to a wide network. And then the third category of customer that we have is the corporations themselves. And this kind of gets to what are, what are the, all the things, if only you had full visibility into your travel program, you knew where everyone was going, uh, what are all the things you can do? And that's really, we're, we're at the very early stages. We're tar we target uh, companies uh, um, from SMB all the way to really large enterprises. Everyone has this problem of blind spots. And so um, that's kind of where we're focused at Traxo. I love it. Thank you, Matt. That was so thorough. And every, there, there was a point that I was like, I just need to remember to talk about that. And I just want to, there's, there's so much that I will know. It's really good. But <clears throat> I think it just goes to show what I was trying to get at. You know, you've been working in this space and thinking about this space for a long time to kind of develop some of the strategies and the way that you're thinking, which is really, really important. Um, and a technology piece is a really good way to kind of pull some of this stuff back in. So let's just scratch below the surface for those that perhaps aren't so sure about some of the stuff that we're talking about. So if we're thinking about a program um, and those risk management companies potentially wanting to bring that data in. What we're talking about is perhaps you've got travelers that may be working with the TMC and they're booking their stuff through there, maybe their air through there. But then for their accommodation, perhaps they're going on to a different platform or maybe they're booking ground transport in a different way, for example. Right. Um, so you're, is that right? Do you want to sort of explain that a bit more? As to what? Yeah, certainly. About? Yeah. So um, th there's uh, e companies that have a travel agency. Um, uh, if you're managing a program th that uses one or more travel agencies, you know, not all of your bookings that employees make are with those agencies. Yeah. Uh, and in fact, um, the general kind of stats are um, roughly 40 to 50% of travel is booked outside of agencies. And that is the blind spot. That is the yeah. information that you might find out about it uh, in the, in, from an expense report. And that's gonna be late information. It's gonna be uh, really, it's not gonna be detailed data. If you're like me, you type hotel and you put the price. Oh, I've read uh, that data. I've tried to analyze it, Matt. Thanks for that. Yes. It's not helpful at all. <laughs> hotel. Um, Thank you. Exactly. Uh, no, I agree. It's, it's, it's useless data, really, isn't it, from that side of things? And like you say, it's post-travel. I just want to dig on that, but it's when we're just having this conversation is that we, we travel is generally managed from a procurement perspective and finance. Those are the kind of the areas it sits as opposed to kind of HR, which is more the kind of mobility side. So there's another side of travel that sits somewhere else, but it, it, it's, it's very much sort of split across the organization. Um, and often these managers are managing lots of categories. So travel becomes a cost to control rather than kind of what it is, which is life experiences of people actually kind of having these trips. And I think we don't look at things from the traveler perspective and i think that's what the change in travel risk management is bringing because you've got to look at it from the traveler perspective every single step of that journey and we we have so many systems we have so many technologies companies potentially having more than one technology doing the same thing and and actually from a traveler's perspective that's really confusing when really they just want to get the data that they need that is 
right for them. Again, I think about some of the stuff that we've you know we've sent out historically pre-travel, like TMC send it out or risk management companies sending it out. And it's just like fifty pages and an email of that entire country information. Like so, they've covered everything you could possibly. No one's reading. No one's reading that. Like, let's be honest, nobody's reading that. But the company's kind of ticked a box to say, "I've done this." That's not kind of where we're at now, and that's not how we should be using technology in the year, you know, in the age of AI and goodness knows what else. So. Um, it's yeah. I just I just kind of want to explore that little bit a bit more. So let's let's talk about these blind spots and and obviously how working with you can really support that. Right. Yeah. I mean, as a traveler, um, you if if you realize I need to take this trip, and that's a whole other question about you know the uh, ongoing discussion uh, you know um, that you've been having and that others yeah. have been having around the yeah. ROI of travel and is is it should I take this trip? But if you realize I should take this trip. Um, you, as a traveler, uh, I, I, you, we don't, we don't have an agency at Traxo, but I can imagine a lot of people, um, they are, they're trying to get to the destination at the right time to meet with the customer. They need to stay at the right location, uh, so they can minimize, you know, travel to and from the customer's location, um, or the, the office that they need to visit or the, the, the factory they need to go to, um. And the more uh, resistance that is in kind of the way of the traveler, uh, the more they're going to look for the, they're going to look for easy solutions. Um, and we've, we've seen that over the years with hotel being uh, where most of the blind spot is. Um, uh, and uh, rail is probably up there as well, where it's just often more convenient to walk up, you know, when, uh, Ne the next train leaves in 10 minutes, I'm going to get on that train. And there's no incentive uh, not to, right? Because the cost is the same or whatever. And as you're doing yeah. journeys, it doesn't make any difference. No agreed. And, and then obviously the grand transport piece as well, which we've talked about. Carry yeah. On well. So um, it's it's really interesting to see um, what, for example, is happening with NDC right now. And how um, if, they're, if the fares, uh, the fare that gets you uh, to the destination at the right time, is not available from your agency. I am fairly, I'm very confident that travelers will go find that particular fare, and frequently that will be directly from the airline's website. And so, um, for an agency that doesn't support NDC yet, I think this is where we're going to see more hotel-like behavior and uh, buying outside of the agency and an even greater blind spot. And I think, you know, for the airlines, they're looking at it as they have a lot of share to gain uh, from the uh, kind of the non-agency stats, uh, which is probably about 10 to 15 percent, maybe maybe 20 percent for some companies, uh, the non-agency here. Um, so if they can get that to 25 percent, they're going to be, you know, dancing in the streets. Uh, so um uh, that's, that's kind of the, the areas where we're really kind of focusing on now and, and paying close attention to, to see how, you know, NDC is great. Lots of new ways to bundle fares and, and new opportunities and new products for travelers. Uh, but there is a, a risk also that companies need to be aware of, of, well, you know, are you prepared um, for the potential of your travelers going outside of your program, more travelers going outside of your agency uh, just to maintain visibility? Um, and, uh, so that, that's kind of one of the areas where we are, um, watching very closely, 
uh, these days. And I think it's just like you said, rightly, it's just got more and more complicated over the years with really the travel industry as a whole. So the, the leisure industry responding very, very quickly in technologies and making things viable very easily you know going back to your point that you raised earlier which it's so commercially driven the travel industry it really is and it just wants to grow and grow and grow it's like a machine that doesn't want to stop really uh which is frightening you know when we do think about reduction and and all those other things um so you know they're, they're not going to be there to try and help you think about how to do things more safely they're not there to help you do things more sustainably really as much as they might kind of try and greenwash things and we make it more difficult by allowing these travellers to go out of the programme. And we kind of, we've always seen it as, I think, as corporates have seen it historically as a cost of control. So they're like, well, if you can get it cheaper, just do it. You know, that's fine. It's easier to do. You, you want to use hotels.com and get your points? Fine. They just don't see it from a risk perspective. And this is the new kind of way that we're trying to look at these these programmes as a whole, you know. They're not just... Um, they're just not they're not just lines of data like we said but they're not just that that trip this trip means something to that trip and it's connected to the business and actually if we look at the program as a whole as, as you touched on there's so much more that we can do as far as savings as far as um what you can learn about the company and actually how you can control your travel spend in a completely different way and if we do move into a new way of thinking this is the way we do it right we do it with data but I, I think companies struggle and I certainly see it when I go into businesses that you know to try and say you know what is your program they can't answer that. And from an ISO 31030 perspective, that's like number one. That's before we've got anywhere. Like, what is your program? Why do you travel? Where do you go? And I don't mean at a high level. I mean at country level, at entity level. Each individual traveler, why are they doing it? And, and people can't put their arms around that at the moment. And that's, that's an area where I am really, really glad to see uh, the growth around 31030. Um, and... Uh, now to finally have a defined structure that uh, people can can look to um, in terms of their travel programs. Uh, and then also to use that as a resource to build um, uh, kind of buy-in throughout your enterprise on risk and better understanding risk. Yeah. So I, I look back to um, you know, historically when, when GDPR came out. And um, there were big, there are uh, big penalties uh, by not following, you know, the practices and policies around GDPR. And uh, um, one, one thing we observed is it really started to get traction at companies when the general counsel got involved and expressed the risk to the CEO of, if we don't do this, 4% of our revenue will be impacted or there will be significant fines for us and that prompted action. And now that there is a written standard, uh, a checklist, if you will, around risk, travel risk, um, I, I think this is kind of the, the next thing to happen is around um, uh, general counsels at companies to uh, understand it, uh, realize it and get the ear of the CEO and get top level management buy-in to do something about it. I've always heard in terms of like uh, travel risk and kind of specifically duty of care and, and duty of care services, uh, it's something that's difficult to quantify. And this is a pathway to starting to, I can see this is a pathway to starting to quantify it, especially when um, it's come up on kind of your previous episodes around talking about case law and are there, are there 
cases to look to that uh, and, and, and rulings and judgments that uh, define what is the penalty of uh, the standard is published. Did you comply to the standard as, as a company? Uh, and, and are you liable for you know, what might have happened to a traveler? Uh, so yeah, we're very excited about it. And, um, uh, we, it's a, it's directly applicable to, uh, the space we're in around capturing, uh, uh, travel data and achieving full visibility for a corporate travel program. And once they have that full visibility, now they can start to understand their risk. Now they can even understand, um, and, and kind of more accurately quantify what should we be paying in travel insurance? Are we paying too much or paying too little? you know, based off of where people are actually traveling. Uh, and, and so, you know, it's a, it's a new world. We're in, we're, we're super, super excited about, um, where we're going in the future and all of the potential now that we're capturing this very detailed, specific data about travel, how it can be applied within, uh, the travel world and, 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 and beyond. So, um, uh, yeah, so we're excited. Me too. I mean, obviously, gave up the day job doing this. It's. I just think it's the it's the backbone that we've been looking for for a long time. You know, we talked about duty of care, but what does that actually mean? And how can you actually kind of advise a corporate? I think one of the struggles is that the the volume of travel that people do. It's so difficult now to kind of go actually stop. You should have been thinking about this all wrong. There needs to be this big risk assessment that happens up front that you should be doing on every trip, and you see people just go. Ooh! how can we do that we travel so much it's like that's the point that's what a risk assessment does it's going to stop you traveling so much which you agree you need to do right because you want to save money and hopefully you want to save the planet and all these other things but no I I agree and it's just it is a really exciting time and I just think there's a there's a gap that's being bridged now between risk management and travel management and it's really exciting to to be part of, of that Not sure where to start with implementing a standard such as ISO 31030? A gap analysis exercise from Ascent Risk Management is the best place to start. Our expert consultants will take you step by step through your chosen standard and highlight any weak areas. This can be conducted remotely and the results of the gap analysis can form the plan for your targeted project. Contact Ascent today at www.ascent1, which is A-S-S-E-N-T-1.com and booking your gap analysis today. So, okay, I knew we'd get really deep into this as we always do. So let's just really think about, you have talked about your kind of why for, for the businesses to do what it does, but what are your drivers for kind of staying in this space, Matt, and doing the stuff that you yeah. do and kind of having these conversations? Well, definitely for me, um, uh, and, I've, and I've heard on your previous episodes, the people have kind of described incidents that they've been involved with. And I've taken a moment and thought about, well, what's my travel experience been like? And one thing that has kind of um, uh, uh, really kind of hit, hit me from your, even from your previous episodes is uh, risk is not necessarily where you think it's going to be. And uh, I, um, I think one previous guest talked about um there's, you know, some destinations that might be deemed as high risk, um, uh, and other destinations as low risk. So when you go to someplace that's high risk, oftentimes the local people, they look out for you, you know, that they want you to have a good experience in this country. And so they'll advise you don't go there. Um, you know, and it's not a good time for you to be there. And I've experienced that in my travels. 
Um, but I've also experienced situations where I'm in a city where I expected no risk or no, you know, something that, you know, pickpocket might be kind of the worst. And so I just thought back to like two incidents in uh, Barcelona okay. uh, where um, I found myself um, uh, out and this was 2009 uh, watching a football match uh, of uh, Barcelona versus uh, Manchester and Barcelona won. And I was in the Bourne district there and everyone's so excited and yay, yay. And then we start walking back to uh, the subway and kind of end up in a larger and larger and growing group of people. Uh, and then finally end up at the top of uh, the Rambla and there's people having a good time, but there's fires going off. There's people assembling or police assembling in, you know, riot gear. And I was just, I was there for work and I thought I'd go out with some friends, some other coworkers and have yeah. a beer. And watch oh, football. about to kick off literally on the Ramblers. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Uh, and then another, uh, you wouldn't even know another... you were there, would you? You wouldn't have even necessarily recognized that exactly. situation. You were just in it. Wow. Okay. That's, yeah. that's interesting. I have a whole different story about Barcelona. We'll get back to that. Carry on. <laughs> well, then another incident is, is just traveling to like London, for example. So my company's office, uh, the company I used to work for, their office was at Millbank Tower. Uh, where there are a lot of political, uh, you know, labor and conservative offices there for the parties. Mm -hmm. And in 2010, there were uh, a lot of policy moving through uh, decreasing funding for education. And that resulted in, in a lot of protests. Yeah. And though I wasn't at the office at the, at the time, I'm sure there were colleagues that had traveled into London from all around the world to work at that office during that, uh, that time, because there were, and there were significant crazy protests outside of Millbank tower, people smashing windows and, uh, getting into the lobby and taking over parts of the building. Uh, and you just don't expect that to happen in such a kind of you know, metropolitan city, um, like London. Um, so those are kind of a couple things that is, is kind of in, in getting more into risk and understanding risk, uh, you know, you know, my, my why of why I think it's important. Um, and knowing where your team is, even when they're traveling to an office in, in a, in a, you know, in a different city. And what you think is no risk. Yeah. A hundred. It's important to know who is there. Yeah. Yeah. And where they are. And I think, I think if you just be so beautifully kind of said, it's just, it, literally anything can happen at any time at any place. And what is it that we can do to proactively try and advise people about that you know give them the scenarios that can happen and kind of just be aware because I've got a Barcelona story and a London story just to kind of echo but again just to kind of prove the points so the Barcelona I went to New Camp but there was no football on but we wanted to go and take a photograph of the stadium and then coming back by in fact it happened twice it was so random I'm quite a over helpful person so anyway there was a car parked outside the stadium and this guy kind of looked like he wanted directions. I don't know how I was going to give him directions, but my natural thing is to help. I was quite young. Um, and I um, and I went over to the car and, and he was just, he was exposed. I was shocked. And this is quite common in, in Barcelona. And then on the way back down, I was with two other friends and this other guy ran up to us and just flashed us. And we were just like, Oh my God. Like, so I know that neither of those were awful and quite funny looking back on them because it's silly, but actually either could have been much, much worse. And yeah. I was young and vulnerable and on my own on an art college trip and all that stuff. We were totally on our own. No one knew that we were kind of in that part of the city. 
Um, and then London, uh, we were, we'd, we'd just been on one of those weird, I was young again, a little photo shoot thing that you kind of, you get to do. They kind of try and make you buy the photos basically afterwards. They're like, oh, you could be a model and you kind of fall for it. And then they try and spend, charge a fortune for the photos. But afterwards we were just sitting in a um, cafe near uh, one of the big department stores and it was right next to the French embassy. Um, and the, there was something going on between Iran and France. And this guy was literally in front of us. We just didn't even kind of really think about it. And he suddenly set himself on fire. Oh, God. Literally. <laughs> and you know, we were just, we, we were drunk. We were having a good time. You know, we were, it's just, and this is the stuff. You can't be prepared for all of these crazy things to happen. But what you can do is make your employees more aware. And the very least you can do is know where they are. So if some crazy situation does happen, you've got peace of mind that they're not there or they're there, right? It's just, um, it seems... Yeah seems to me so obvious. I don't know why we're making it so difficult. <laughs> uh, so let's just get to your um, your top tips. So anyone trying to yeah. want to get into this space, what are your golden nuggets, Matt? And what would you recommend people start to do? Um, I think, so first up, um, I think this is not something to put your head in the sand on. And this is not something to say, you know, it's, it's probably 10% or 20%. I'm going to ignore it. Um, there are ways to get the specific information. Traxo, that's what, that's what we focus on. And so, um, you know, one of my messages is uh, strive for a comprehensive view. Don't settle for, uh, I'm only gonna look at one, you know, my agency booking data. Um, if, if uh, you know, a great next step could be, I wanna, I wanna start looking at my Uber, you know, uh, ride data and paying more attention to that. Um, or I also, you know, want to, um, have a booking for business account. And so I want to really pay attention to, uh, that, that data. So, um, kind of strive to uh, achieve a comprehensive view because it is possible, um, uh, versus kind of in, in years past. And, and then the kind of the other tip I would suggest is look, learn a few tools to help you analyze your travel data. Um, you know, if there are a few key skills in Microsoft Excel can go a long way for better understanding and looking for trends. Um, you know, if you can understand how to create a pivot table, uh, or if you understand how to create a, a line chart, you can notice things uh, that previously would just get muddled away in all the details of a really long list of data. Um, if you don't know where to begin, ask a colleague, go to your finance team and ask them, I want to better understand this data from booking for business or this data from my, my travel agency. Um, and uh, take a few notes. And if you need to go back to them next time, go back to them. But you know, use your resources and establish some starting kind of techniques and tools that, that you go to to understand your data. Uh, and that'll go a long way to really kind of getting to the facts. And, and what's happening in your travel program. Uh, so those are kind of a few things that I would I would share. Um, um, and actually, well, one more thing, one more thing. Ooh, um, another one. Relative to, risk, one more thing. relative to risk, it can be totally overwhelming. You don't have to do it all at once. Oh, um, nice. So just start to, I often, there's a technique in my world in product management called uh, user story maps, mm -hmm. uh, where you kind of define what is the ideal scenario from, a to B to C to D, to et cetera. Um, recognizing that you can't achieve that uh, on, you know, on the first try. Um, 
in user story maps, you kind of uh, visually kind of figure out, well, is there a way I can accomplish A? I'll start with A. Uh, and then the next you know, uh, phase, uh, you'll say, I, I want to really focus on C. C is where I think I can make a, some, some progress. And maybe I might enhance A a little bit. And so think about kind of a phased approach. Um, try to kind of envision what is the ideal world and how you can get there. The ideal world will change uh, over time. Uh, but this is kind of where uh, someone like Vex comes in to help you figure out what is your ideal and uh, help you pick, well, where do you start? Uh, so I think that's kind of the third thing I would say is you don't have to do it all at once. Just start to kind of chip away at it and every little bit helps. Thank you. I mean, I think all of those, thank you for my little plug there. Um, but I agree. And I think that all is just do something, right? I think firstly, like the standard is here. Like we've said, it is, you know, it will be used in court if things do go wrong. We're living in a world where stuff does go wrong. Just kind of tracking data just for cost purposes and trying to reduce cost isn't kind of really what this is this is up now for travel like there's other stuff that you can look at and I love that when I was at a TMC I redesigned our reporting suite because I just wanted to get to that cost of trip I wanted people to understand it's not because we split everything as TMCs because that's how the data comes in you know and it's like it's not what travelers need to see or care about so trying to just do other stuff with it and then bringing that data to life so when you have got 20 lines on a spreadsheet for one trip that's again someone's lived experience I think go and talk to the travellers too. Go and talk to your finance team, but go and talk to them. Try and try and bring it to life in some way so that you can then kind of um, understand it a bit better. But I think you're so right. It feels so overwhelming for companies. And I'm, I'm often saying this, there's going to be loads of stuff that you're going to need to do. And as you start lifting the lid, it's going to be like, whoa, um, I have this with two of my clients right now. But it's a lot of work upfront and obviously you can do that with consultants kind of helping in with the policies and helping you kind of strategize and the, and prioritize um but the good consultants are kind of going to go in and show you how to do it and then let you do it you know that that's the idea of this because we want you to manage this yourself moving forward and we've got loads of other companies to go and help out to kind of get them <laughs> to get them moving in this kind of direction but but just take it slowly and it doesn't matter where you are in a business you could be in hr you could be in travel, you could be a travel manager, you could be in you could be in data itself, you could be in the IT side and actually really concerned about data breaches and things like that when people are traveling. Like there's so many different ways to start getting into this. But just get into it and then and then get lost in the rabbit hole like we all do. Um, <laughs> and then come out again. But I think I love your kind of modular approach because you can, you can you can kind of get this vision of what it is you're trying to achieve. Um, and then from there, what are the steps I'm going to take? And they all overlap. So it doesn't matter. You can do a little bit of this and get someone else to do a little bit of that. And eventually yeah. it will come together in a program. And I'm kind of saying to most customers at the moment with the stuff I'm doing, it's it's about six months from start to finish to get that program in, potentially to run an RFP in that time if you need to as well, if you're going to have to bring solutions in. So it doesn't have to be that long. But if you really don't have anything in place and you really need to think about it, and yeah, start to finish is about six months. But then it's done and then it should manage itself, right? Because you've got everything in place. It shouldn't become so much of a headache for you. Yeah. Um, I get to, well, by the time this podcast comes out, I've got to be careful with what I say. We will have met, but I am looking forward to seeing you in a couple of weeks. We will have met up again soon, but we'll have done all of that. Um, but yes, I'm looking forward to BTS and seeing you there. 
Thank you so much for joining today. I think you've given us, again, another insight into this space, which is what I'm trying to do is to kind of get people to realise there's so many different kind of areas to, to consider, but also, I think, not making it frightening for people either. So thank you very much. I think you've, you've explained things in a very calm and, and, and thoughtful manner. And the fact that there are things already there to help you, you don't have to go at this on your own. So um, thank you everyone for listening. I was joined by Matt Griffin from Traxo. My name is Travel Risk Bex. You've been listening to Talking TRM, the podcast dedicated to travel risk management. We'll be back in a couple of weeks with another episode. In the meantime, take care and look after your people. Thank you. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. Talking TRM is in association with the Scent Risk Management. If you enjoyed listening to today's podcast, please subscribe and make sure to leave a review. If you need any help with implementing an ISO standard, such as ISO 31030, or if you have any questions regarding ISO, please reach out to a Scent Risk Management to talk to our expert consultants today. We can be found at www.ascent1.com. We're also on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram. And links can be found in the show description. This podcast is a Clemark Studio production and was produced by Jessica Ingalls.